0: to another episode of Drop the Mic. I am your host, Aaron Jenkins. And on today's show, this is going to be a very interesting conversation because you, this gentleman has, like his career is long. It is diverse. He's done so many different things and I'm looking forward to getting into it with him. Um, actor, producer, Mark Holden. Mark, thanks for coming on the show with him.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: I... Right up front, like we were off camera, we were talking you asked me where I was from from New York. And um, where are you where are you calling in from right now? I'm calling in from
1: London, England.
0: Now I read your bio and you have the most diverse, like you're a British born Canadian actor. Uh I mean you've worked all the I mean you 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 must your passport must be insane.
1: Well, I, I have four passports, so two British, yeah, two British, because my sideline to acting and producing is close protection, so, uh, you know, a security expert. Really? And, um, yeah, I've done a lot of security in uh, Africa, so I tend to work for global companies that, you know, I need you to have two passports, so if you're traveling, you can put another, another one in to get a visa, and then oh, I have a Canadian true. passport and a Nigerian passport.
0: Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, that, I feel like your your passport for you it really um, is kind of like the avatar for your career in a lot of ways, because yeah. you've done a lot of different things as well. I've traveled a lot for
1: my career, for my acting career, my security career, and a former sports career when I was younger.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I was so, a track
1: athlete, and I was also an international bobsledder, for Great Britain and Canada.
0: Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was like, "What? Wait, 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 wait! A bobs- You might be the first bobsledder I've met." For so there's that. Um, just so wait, let's re- rewind this for a second. You're so you were born in Nigeria, correct?
1: No, no, no. I was born in Plymouth, in Devon, in England.
0: Oh, really? Okay. And how long did you stay? Like, how long did you stay in, in England? Like how, like...
1: Just going back a little bit, my mom was born in Portsmouth, but moved to Plymouth. Mm. Um, my father, my late father, who was Nigerian, uh, was in the Nigerian Navy and came across to study at the officer's Naval, uh, Naval College in Dartmouth. Oh. And then came down to Plymouth to study at the, uh, the Royal Navy Engineering College where he met my mom at a dance. And hence, not long after, I, I popped along. <laughs> wow. So I stayed in Plymouth for 16 years. So I was born in 62 and left Plymouth in 1979, I'm a police cadet in the Metropolitan Police in London, England.
0: So uh, this is, uh, th- yeah, we're going to, this is, I'm, I'm really been trying to feel this. So in those years you were in, in, in England, was there like, I'm trying to get to where you started to um, feel the acting bug and like, but you went, I mean, you left there and you went to become a police officer. So I'm I'm trying to figure out like how did that transition even start you off? Let me start you off. then. (laughs) Um,
1: Okay. So probably around about 1969, 1970, I went to Bristol with my mom for Christmas to stay with my aunt and uncle and my cousins. Mm. My cousin was doing a road race. So, hence, I thought, ah, oh, you know, I, I got long legs. and I was very tall for my age. Mm-hmm. So, literally, in the new year, in the February of that year, I start. I, I started doing athletics.
0: Mm.
1: So, um, no, in fact, yeah, 71, sorry. 70, I was sort of around 9 or 10, 72, 72. Mm-hmm. So that was around 72. So that's what started my athletics off. Now, mm. around the same time, well, prior to that, my mom, from a young age, took me to live theater. So mm. to watch pantomimes in the UK, mm. which is very obviously uh, around Christmas time is very, uh, is very popular. Yeah. Uh, also, during the year, we went to see a lot of musicals, you know, the South Pacific, Oklahoma, uh, by some uh, amateur, you know, community theater companies. Hmm. and she also used to take me to uh, see a lot of Disney, Disney movies at the theater and also James Bond, oh. so we didn't have a television, though. It was just my mom. She brought me by herself, hmm. so uh, I, you know, I wasn't okay with television stuff, <laughs> so we, we went to theater a lot, cinema, and then, so around around the same time I started uh, track and field, around sort of 10, 11 years old, I also joined a community, a community theater hmm. and did musical theater, and did that for probably two, three years. But then the sport took over. Uh-huh. And a friend of mine who joined the Met Police Cadets a year ahead of me mm-hmm. said to me, hey, if you want to do sport, the Met Police Cadets and the Met Police are great to be, you know to join because they do a lot of sport and they'll climb off to compete, et cetera. Wow. So hence why I thought I was good. I was good at uh, track and field, good at 400 meters. Hmm. You know, I ran sort of. It's under 50 seconds at around 16 years old. So, wow. uh,
0: that's pretty good. That's when I
1: decided to, you know, to join the police because at the time, um, I saw more of a career doing sport in the police than I did, I guess, uh, becoming an actor because I'd never met any professional actors in Plymouth. Right. So, uh, you know, that, so then hence I, I got to London in
0: '79. Wow. Uh, it's interesting how, um, there are like three different careers here kind of going on at the same time and, Mm um, but I guess when you, when you're that young, right? You, uh, like I know me, I I also had like multiple, like in in college, I played four, four sports, um, i was i was doing everything i was i was maybe doing too much to a certain degree mm-hmm. um but I, I feel like there's a reason why people like like if you have those multiple talents i think there's um a, a certain point like a, 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 a you're trying to find an identity that that can that you can because when you're that when you have that many talents it's hard to give up one it just it's hard to give up Hmm. You know, one because you there's all you you feel like you can be the best at all of these things at the same time. Yeah, um,
1: especially when I, you're I acting on the back burner. You know, so I and I sort I sort of I guess subconsciously did that because hmm. it was important to me at the time. Hmm. You know, well it's funny when London, because when I got to London, hmm. I started going and watching uh, all the professional West End shows on the West End. Uh, so you know that seed was still there. And when I um, so I was a cadet for a year and a half and then in 1981, I went to police college and graduated, uh, you know, five, four or five months later and then lived in central London. And I was still doing my sport. The Met police gave me every Wednesday off the train with the track team. But I also started going down to Covent Garden to take dance lessons. And I also joined an amateur theater companies company in London. So, uh
0: oh, I think we lost them. Oh, there we go.
1: Yeah, so, uh, so a lot of things were a lot of balls in the air, you know.
0: (laughs) You must have been very uh, unique in the police force, though, right? I mean, like, there there weren't a lot of others, kind of, you know. Yeah, I was.
1: I think I've been quite unique probably from from my time in Plymouth because I in my year group in Plymouth right. which is the largest city in the southwest of of England yeah. I was the only black mixed race kid in 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 my year and probably in several years above or below I met my first black person when I was 14 when I traveled right. to Bristol compete in a in a meet and I competed against another guy Black guy who's from Bristol. First black guy I'd ever met, really, because you know I didn't know my father. And my father left when you know went back to Nigeria to fight in the Biafran War when I was probably two years
0: old. Oh
1: wow! Yeah. So, so I always knew I was different, and um, you know, um, I was I was you know academically pretty good, I wasn't top of the class, but I was you know I was in the top stream, right? And sport, and um, you know I got to become head boy. Mm. At my, school, mm. which uh, which which was an accomplishment, you know. Mm. And then when I joined the the Met Police, I was one of probably about one hundred black officers out of twenty eight thousand. Wow. Yeah.
0: So. So, uh, so I'm curious then, like, it was, it was, it was, so you you're, you 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 this unique individual. Um, and person of color, in uh, uh, there's a lot of different things that kind of separate you out. Who were who, who some of the people that you were kind of looking towards as role models or people you could kind of lean, lean towards as an example to try to, you know, shape who you were?
1: Well, my mother played a, a very large part in my life, obviously, because for the first 10 and a half, 11 years of my life, it was just us two. Right. Uh, until she, you know, she married my late stepfather, and I, I have a sister through uh, through him who's right. um, 11 years my junior. But, you know, so my mom was, was very instrumental, hmm. especially in, uh, um, you know, taking me to live theater and movies when I was younger. Um, when I was at school in Plymouth, um, there was my religious education teacher who, um, I guess, you know, he knew... My background, and no, I didn't have a father. So, he took an interest in in showing me the road, you know, in becoming a good person, a reliable, trustworthy person. And he was the one of the guys, one of the people that um, helped me become head boy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess around that time, I'd I watched a lot of uh, track and field meets, mm-hmm. you know, on TV. I remember Edwin Moses. You know, process, uh, yeah. you know, in all yeah. these, you know, black athletes and white athletes really striving to be their best and breaking world records. And, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, Ed Mose is unbeaten in 10 years and just digressing a bit. I actually got to meet him mm. when I was bobsledder because he bobsledded for the, the US um, team for a year. yeah. yeah so that yeah. I, I got to meet, you know, he sort of a mentor in a way, you know, right, right. Um, um, and then, my you know, my father—he—he he, uh, he wasn't really in my my life around that time. So uh, when I did eventually get to meet him, you know, when I was God in my thirties, he then became a an important part of my life. Mm. You know, um, retired vice president. You know, he showed me uh, he sh- he showed me responsibility of a man. Do you know what I mean? which you know um i gradually learned and learned more and more from him but you know going back again growing up um yeah there weren't there weren't really any any black males you know that i
0: could talk to (laughs) so yeah i was gonna say because i mean it seems a pretty i mean as a person who i actually also grew up with primarily my mom raising me and I know the challenge it could be when you're like, uh, you know, teenage to twenty, thirty years, twenty three years old. If you don't have that male influence in your life, it can be a little, uh, a yeah. little, a little um, hard to kind of figure out where, like, what's next and who you, you know, and have people to ask questions to and those kind of things. And I think that's an important part. But but as, as much as I think my mom did a great job with me as far raising me. Um, I think it's there's there's a little difference when you should like not having a male person that you can that looks like you and you know can kind of give you some advice. Yeah.
1: I I grew up quickly because mm. I was a police officer at 18 arresting mm. people. 18. I mean, I first I saw my first dead bodies when I was a police cadet on patrol with a police officer at 17 mm. and a half. Mm. So you know, yeah, um, you had to. I had to grow up fast, and there were a lot of older people that I worked with on my squad. Uh, you know, the 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 officers in charge of uh, the, the stations and the areas. So, and then I started meeting more people of color. You know, that mm. were, you know, around my time or just slightly ahead,
0: right, in London. Mm. Wow, I mean, yeah. so okay so you're your police officer and um what 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 kind of made you decide to kind of leave that behind and, and start to focus more when did you start focusing more on the theatrical part of your life
1: um let me think uh well not around this time so <laughs> I i was a let me think. i was a police officer 81 so mm-hmm. Just quickly, I, probably around 80, 82, I went to Austin, Texas hmm. to the World Police, the International World Police um, Olympic Games, and I, yeah. I won the decathlon, wow. won a gold medal in decathlon, wow. and there I got to meet a lot of American officers, because you know, there were a lot of American teams there and a few Australian teams, but that was uh, that was really good, and I stayed with, uh, um, I went and stayed with a couple of uh, Austin cops that took hmm. me on ride-alongs, ride-alongs, you know? <laughs> That was good. Was that your uh, first
0: time in the U.S.?
1: Yes, it was, and that was '82, oh. and we flew Pan Am. Pan, <laughs> Pan Am, wow. Yeah,
0: I remember <laughs> Pan Am.
1: Yeah, but I loved it when I you know, when I landed in the U.S. I I definitely loved it, you know. And I had I had a few aspirations about possibly joining the LAPD because at that time they were um, around those years they were they had special. Um, um, law, you know, was it state laws or city laws that they were able to bring um, people of color into the force to bolster the force up. But um, I didn't end up doing that obviously. So um, around 1984, um, a buddy of mine said, have you read this? And it was a a a newspaper called the Daily Mail. And Mm -hmm. in it, it said, do you want to become uh, one of the daring dozen? To go to Saint Moritz, uh, the Cresta Run in Saint Moritz. Now, the Cresta Run is a is um it's a toboggan run, you know. It's where you're laying on your front. Okay, all the British and Swiss aristocracy go there. It's a members oh. club. It's very it's very you know <laughs> posh. Anyway, right. so I, I got I was selected out of about three thousand people, and twelve of us went, all all expenses paid, and competed. Um, in a race, you know, we were there for two weeks. So we trained for two weeks at a race, you know, on the, on the last day I came fourth in the race, but whilst I was there um, I Thought I'd go along and watch some bobsledding because they have got a, you know, St. Moritz They have a mm-hmm. famous bobsled track there with a, a very well-known corner called a horseshoe and it's literally a horseshoe shape where you get about three G's going around Wow, anyway, I watched these guys pushing off and sprinting and I thought you know, I, I'm fast, I'm strong, I could do that. So I went back to the UK and contacted the British sled team or association, went down and started training with them and made it to the national team that, that season, that coming season. Wow. So, um, I, I was in GB3 and we came 16th out of 42 sleds in the two man in, the uh, Koenigse in Germany right. right. near Burgess garden, near Hitler's Eagles and next
0: mm.
1: But then, um, so that first season was great and then the second season i went i went across to calgary for pre-olympic training hmm. and um didn't make the british team for the 88 olympics but ended up um meeting a gal there and emigrating and getting married oh. in canada so that's what took me to to calgary wow. yeah that's what I, I moved over to calgary and then up to Edmonton, very you know, within six months, and became a police officer in the Edmonton City uh, Police Service. Huh. Um And I was a police officer there for nine years. But after about four years, um, I competed. Yeah, I competed in bobsled for Canada as well. So I I went back into doing bobsled whilst mm-hmm. I was a cop. You know, oh, yeah. sort of a cop. So I got got on the Canadian team for sort of half a season and stuff. But then it didn't really. It didn't really sort itself out well, and I I stopped bobsledding in in 1990. But in 91, um, I thought to myself, well, you know, I'm a cop, uh, but I'm not doing any high-level sport now, but what's my other love? And it was acting. So I went back and started doing uh, some um, classes, scene study. Um, I joined another amateur theater company just to sort of get my acting chops back in. But did a lot of seminars, courses, you know, over my time off, my vacation time, et cetera. And then after about half a year, a year of that, I started doing semi-professional stuff mm. where you know, I get paid a little bit. And then um, um, there's a there's a, a theater called the Citadel Theater in Edmonton, yes. uh, which is one of the busiest, you know, p- apart from Toronto, where there's obviously a lot of theaters. Edmonton is is one of the uh, the busy theater cities in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there was a, a director, the artistic director there, called uh, the late Robin Phillips, who was a Brit who moved to Stratford, Ontario, to do the Shakespeare there as a director, mm-hmm. and then he ended up coming to Edmonton as the di- director general, and he took me under his wing, and um, I got cast in several shows there, got my my Canadian Equity card, and then around 1996 got got a role of the, the um, Prince of Morocco in the Merchant of Venice at the part on the oh. beach Shakespeare Festival in Vancouver in Vanier Park. Wow. So then I thought to myself, well, wow, you know, this is a four or five, five month festival.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, uh, Vancouver is Hollywood North. So I thought, you know, I'd go there, do that, and then get into film and TV. So I, I quit the police there. I sort of you know, took that retirement wow. from the police. Went uh, went to Vancouver and hence where the real the real film and TV star. Although theater started in Edmonton, film and TV started in Vancouver. X Files.
0: Yeah, you've been in so many. I, so um, so one of the things I I have like this little thing that I do every night. Um, I, there one of two shows that I will watch before I go to bed all the time. First mm-hmm. one is Seinfeld, but the second one is Stargate SG One. And your show Your episode was on without me Even thinking about it I was just sitting there I was like watching this And then the next day I went through Your bio and I was like wait a minute That's him? Oh (laughs) I'm like (sighs) Coincidence (laughs) You've been in You've been in so many uh, Shows that I've seen I've seen you so many times on the screen You're you you Like you have a you you you're, you have a prolific resume. And I think um that like actors because so yesterday I did another podcast with a young um actress, Jennifer Preston, and she was talking about how she had she she left acting for a long time and she came back thirty years later mm, to to wow. kind of to build this res, this resume that she has now which is really probably you guys are probably very similar in how you approach you know where you're going and you know i'm I, I marvel at the fact that you got like that you you know kind of had this other career first and then went into acting but you would like you went in. You didn't like whiskey wash in around it. You you dove in and really just crushed it. And my question, I guess, is, is, are there any things that you learned as a police officer that you kind of took into your acting career? You know
1: what? I think it started with my sport. Oh, I think yes. it started with athletics, with track and field, because with track and field, if you don't do the training, if you yeah. don't put the yeah. hours in you're not going to get anything out of the other end. Right. And I've, I've lived my life like that. Mm. You know, can't be lazy. You can't sit back on your laurels. You gotta, you, you gotta just forge ahead, take yeah. advice, you know, where, where you can still from the, steal from the best actors, you know, watch what <laughs> they're doing still from them. Yeah. So I would say that my sport has done a lot for me. Mm. Police wise I've played a lot of cops on tv yes you
0: have you know,
1: yeah that's that's helped me a lot i mean i've been on tv a lot uh and you know the director will say to me can you do this and, I, and i'll say to him well you know respectfully i, I i'm a former ex-cop i'm a former mm-hmm. cop uh, a cop wouldn't do, I, I know there's hollywood license yeah right. but a cop wouldn't do that right. and then i'd explain why and in a lot of cases you know we find it we find a sort of uh an alternative that works, you know.
0: Yeah, I think there's that. That's always um, like I feel like um, with your background, all the things that you've done, um, you're uniquely um, able to like. If you're on set, um, you can really inform what the character should be kind of doing, or, or in this moment, in that moment, like yeah. you can note like. Now that I know that you were a cop, just looking back at some of the stuff that I've seen you done, do, especially like as like if you're handling a gun or if you're doing certain moments, it it looks authentic and there's a, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a like a, a a weight to what you're trying to do to it. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, for um, sure, for sure. And you know, as a cop, uh, imagine all the different people I've met and dealt with, mm-hmm. you know, arrested um, and people just, uh the claimants, you know, that, that I'm making the, the, you know, the, um, complaint, you know, all these different people in in my life, you know, you, you learn, I remember back and take, you know, take bits of information from, uh, from them all, you know, Mm -hmm. and some people are way out there, (laughs) way out there, you know, and, uh, way out there, so far out there that, uh. Some people would say, no, that didn't happen. (laughs) And there are people like that. But I think in modern day now, we're beginning to see all these weird and wonderful people.
0: Mm. The the extremes of life. It it definitely um, adds to like... Because I feel like especially TV now has changed so much. The, the, the stories have become so different, like unique and exciting. And, and the storylines and the characters that they're creating are uh, very imaginative. And And so uh, with way, I think when life, be, it's, you know, there's always this thing um, uh, art mimics life, I think it's also the opposite as well. You know, I think life sometimes mm-hmm. mimics art. And I think when we have so many unique individuals, um, it allows us as creators to kind of draw from those. Like I, I think back to the um, Dark Knight and Heath Ledger and his portrayal of, of the Joker. Yeah which had never been done before, but he, you know, his ability to kind of study different individuals and characters and kind of bring them together in one character caricature, I thought was a brilliant, mm. it was brilliant, you know? Yeah, so, it was
1: amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. What do you, um, so you mentioned something about, you know, some of the like advice um, has anyone ever given you like, what kind of advice that you have received? professionally um, that you've kind of or even personally that you've kind of carried through to some of the things you've done on screen um well
1: advice that hasn't actually been given to me but you know on sets when i was on sets like captain phillips with tom mm-hmm. hank you know I'd, I'd watch his process of how he does things whilst in the same room as him you know, um, the infiltrator were Brian Cranston and Johnny Liguzami. Yeah. You know, I watched how they did their things, and um, you know, by watching people like that, um, I think it helps. It helps you to understand uh, the nuances. Mm. You know, and I mean, even more recently, uh, three months ago, I was I worked with Samuel L. Jackson on the oh, really? feature film, Damaged. I played his uh, his captain, his homicide captain in the Chicago D. and you know we had a sort of int- intimate scene in a you know in a in a vehicle, and uh, it's it was amazing working with him. He he's one of my sort of heroes.
0: I was going to um, ask you about that, like who who are some of the actors that you kind of look at towards you know examples of things you. Like well, to-
1: well, I tell you, I, I tell you, um, a really good guy who has uh, very. Very good book, a very good video called Acting in Film, and that's hmm. Michael kane Oh, I love and, Michael Kane
0: Oh, my God, he's amazing.
1: Yeah. So well, he's got this series called Acting in Film, and um, hmm. it, it's amazing. I always think back to some of the stuff that he, he shared with the actors. He actually worked with a bunch of actors, oh. and he was telling them about you know things like um, – you know, be careful if you're going to smoke a cigarette in a scene because, you know, oh, did you know, for, especially for the long shot, because when you get to the close up, did I did I take a puff be- before I said, hey, you or was it uh, hey, puff, you, <laughs> so, you know, be careful of, of doing of doing stuff like that. Or, or I guess even sipping or drinking, um, walking and talking and having to stop at a certain point. And not getting too close to the camera, or or not in far enough because you'd be out of focus. You know, you know, placing something there. You know, it, just lots of little little things. You know, uh, things about being drunk. You know, when you're when you're pretending to be drunk. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's this type of stuff which doesn't really read well. You know, right. so he went in. He went into to explaining how you do it, which which you know makes it look real.
0: Right. You know? I feel Unless like that, thats like dreams. one of the harder things to do. Is like yeah, try
1: to... yeah. The camera never lies. The yeah. camera never. Lies. Stage is different because things are done a lot, lot bigger.
0: Right, right. But the camera—you right.
1: know—it's um, it, in here. You know, the camera goes right into your soul. Right. And you know, Michael Caine says that stillness—you know, when, when you're when you're doing something like uh, you know—are you talking to me? You're not talking to me. Who are you talking to? I can't see anybody behind me. Are
0: you talking to me? Still, do you know what I mean? Denzel has a great way of doing that. He really will, like, you can feel the uh, angst coming off the screen when he's just, like, just like he's still. He's not doing anything. He's just still. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. People. Feel
1: like they have to do something. Yes. You don't, you, don't, you know.
0: Yeah, as long as you're you
1: not dead, obviously, you know. Yeah. And, but I mean there's a famous story in Hollywood um, um, with an actor I can't remember who it was, but mm-hmm. doing a scene and the director said, "I'm not I'm not getting I'm not I'm not getting, you know, what I need from you. Um, think of something, okay? You know, let's just try and get this shot." <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they did another take and Boom. It's perfect. Hmm. And he came back to her and said, uh, that, that was great. He said, what, what did you think about this time? Tomorrow's shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. It doesn't always have to be about what you're doing, you know? Right.
0: And it doesn't have to always be serious either. It just be something yeah. that for exactly. you is something you don't want to do or something, you know. That's yeah. amazing. You so um you're so you've obviously done so much stuff on television and 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 theater. Is there is there like um I, I know that recently you you kind of um just finished up playing um James Morrison West End. Yeah, yeah, I was
1: James Morrison Pretty Woman. Uh we yep. started off before lockdown at the Piccadilly Theater, but got closed after four weeks. Hmm. due to the pandemic and then we reopened uh J- july of 21 we just closed on the 18th of june this year
0: oh wow that was a civil incredible
1: yeah, it was i mean it was a great experience great cast you know uh a great director choreographer uh, jerry mitchell from new hmm. york you know,
0: hmm. on Broadway, um, so, so. I don't know, like what, what? So you, you, I don't know how affected you're going to be by what's going on currently with WGA and uh, the, the SAG. Um, yeah. I was uh, we, like. I feel like every conversation I've had in the last couple of days has, has been about this, and um, it's important. To,
1: it's important. Yeah. It, affects, it affects us all, even though this is happening in the states. Oh, It affects actors all over the world. Yep. you know, and because uh, the WGA and SAG-AFTRA have the the bigger, more powerful unions, you know, uh, probably than any any other country in the world. Yeah, um, they're the forerunners in in getting stuff like this sorted out for everybody. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I know Equity. Uh, you know, we support uh, you know British Equity. We we support them, uh, UBCP, ACTRA in Canada. They support yep. uh, SAG, et cetera.
0: Yeah, you know
1: we, we definitely need to get it dealt with, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, it, it just we're at a like really big tipping point to things, and you know, technology. I get it; technology makes things easier for a lot of things and stuff. But I'm sorry, but when it comes to the this, this, you know the creativity and the the art of acting and the art of film and, and theater. I'm sorry, you can't replace anybody with te- like, techno- technology cannot replace the, no. the the actor. There's just, you know, I'm just, no, I'm not. And I love, don't get me wrong, I love technology, but I will, if someone tells me that they're going to do that, I'm not going to the theater. I'm not, I'm just not, I, I would rather not like do
1: that. Well, I understand. Yeah, likewise. Likewise.
0: Um, um, so, what's next for you? Like, what are you up to? What are you working on currently? Oh, actually, before we ask me that, uh, you're you uh, you you've done producing in the past, right?
1: Yeah, yeah I'm an award-winning uh, short film uh, producer. Um, I uh, I wrote a, a short film years ago mm. uh, called uh, "The Double Deal." And it was about gambling. Uh, a very long time ago, I had a, had a bit of a gambling problem, so uh, mm. I felt like um, you know, I, I I shook it off though by myself. Mm. But I felt like I needed to to tell somebody, you know, you know, in, in, in the vein of a, a short film. So, um, I mean, I wrote this short film probably about fifteen years ago, mm. and a buddy of mine um, who I met in two thousand four, Doug Rollins. Uh, he was an actor at the time. We met on a commercial. He left the acting profession and went into directing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, he was saying to me, "You know, we should uh, we should make a short film." And I, I said, "Well, take a read of this." And uh, he took a read and he said, "Yeah, I like it. I like it." And he he uh, sort of tidied the script up for me, mm-hmm. you know. And um, after my father passed away, I. I, I a little bit of money left over from him, and um, I decided to produce it myself. Nice. So I, you know, it's all my all that money went into it, and uh, I produced it, and I submitted it to around over sixty film festivals, and and that is a task in itself. I'm not yes, sure if you is. tried to go to film festivals. I mean, I learned a lot about like yeah. the type of festivals you submit to, and and that, what you don't with the, the type of uh, genre of film you have. Yep. but um it got uh it got selected by about 16 17 festivals and it won four awards and uh i went to one of the award shows which was the san diego black film festival cool. uh, where it best international short film so um and then I, I became you know i got involved in a couple of other short films in the uk and um got them made and they, they were nominated at a couple of place a couple of uh, um, film festivals and now doug likewise, he had a story that he he wanted to bring to the screen as a writer and also direct it. Mm. So uh, we've partnered up and I'm producing it. I've also got a role in the film. It's called Anthea. Mm. uh, It's about artificial intelligence. It's about uh, um, an adapted uh, teenage humanoid girl who um, has had some unethical experimentation done to her in a secret uh, research facility. Mm. Where she escapes from, and she's on the run, and, uh, and then there's an adventure. You know, the, the, the movie starts at the beginning where she escapes, right. and then shows how she escaped, who helped her escape, and where she was going, and when she where she ended up. But um, I play a professional killer in there. <laughs> I, I'm hired. I'm hired to to actually track her down and extract her and take her back. But somebody else from the organization tells me to kill her. Wow! But it goes wrong at the end, and I shoot the wrong girl. Oh <laughs> no! Yeah. So it's it's quite a it's it's a very uh, it's very apt for now with all the stuff going on with artificial intelligence.
0: Yeah. You know? Well. So,
1: yeah. Basically, we've got the script, we've got the treatments. You know, we've got the shooting schedules, the budget, the financial plan, the business plan. So now I'm in the the process of trying to get uh, backers for it, investors. Oh. You know,
0: okay. Well, so going to yeah. be looking
1: for probably around two point three million pounds.
0: Okay. You know? Yeah. That's uh, mm. That's pretty good. Yeah. Ah. Well, I mean, is so you so as an actor, you've done acting, you've done producing. Do you think you'll ever get in behind the camera to direct? Uh, Is that something that you think you would? Possibly,
1: but but not right now in my life. Not right Mm -hmm. now, I I love the acting and um, producing interests me because I'm I'm very good at the business side of uh, my industry. Mm -hmm. You know, the business side of being an actor where a lot of actors get lost with all, you know, <laughs> what do I mean? How do I do this? How do I do that? I, I'm very good at that. So, um, you know, but yeah, creatively, possibly down the road.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. You, so when you came on here, you, your voice sounds so familiar, dude, because you've done a lot of voiceover as well. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, you're, I think you've done some iconic commercials. And I uh, probably uh, you hear your voice and it's just like oh yeah I know that I've heard that voice before. Uh, is is voiceover something that you're going to con- continue to do? Like like yeah yeah. I, I feel like you have like the, like there are, like certain people who like if you hear them and walk talking in public you like oh you should do voiceover. You you're like you your voice is so like rattles peep things mm. when, they, when they talk.
1: You're right. I, I have so many people that I meet telling me that. <laughs> Just like, yeah, yeah. Are you, and are you it's planning on doing that I, I do a lot of voiceover. I've even got my own little uh, voiceover sort of uh, halo here oh. that I can do gigs gigs on, you know, mm. if I don't go to the studio. Mm. And I do a lot of um, video games as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you've done a few of those, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. The last big one, I guess, was uh, um, Cyber. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, have a, I feel like I have a number of friends who are actors who are also like these iconic voice over people. Mm. Um, I have a friend, uh, one friend who does uh, Ash Ketchum from Pikachu. And um, I have another friend who is the voice of, one of the voices of iron man during the animated series and right um i've always wanted to do a voiceover it's such a um it, i feel like it's a it's its a mysterious thing you know because mm-hmm. um i don't know it's how they do
1: to do it get into what's that it's that's a that's a hard it. industry to get into but once you get your foot in the door it's you know it's it becomes a little easier you know and I mean yeah. I've got friends though who make their living doing voiceover I don't make my living doing it right, I know right, right. It's part of what I do but there are people that do it every day of the week you know yes weekend, you know
0: yeah the um yeah I, so my friend she does her voiceover she that's all she does that's like her yeah. Yeah. you know one hundred percent of the time I think she's done some yeah. acting but mostly she's known for like, she either for that or speaking because of that, you know, voiceover conferences and Comic-Con, that type thing. Um, What uh, is, if you, you know, if you could give a piece of advice to a young filmmaker who's trying to kind of build a career um, or try to understand whether acting is something for them, is there something that you could, that you would recommend them do or is there a piece of advice you could give them that, or something that just a piece of advice they could carry through like as momentum as a, of you know inspiration i guess
1: okay so this is coming from an actor's point of view and not yeah. a producer yeah um well i mean the thing you hear from a lot of actors that, that have been in the industry a long time, including myself, mm. that it's something you just have to do. You know, even though I, I was a police officer, I had to act, even though, you know, sometimes I'm off on a security task, mm. I have to act. So I always come back and I'm, I am I was auditioned to get the next role. I'm always thinking, you know what I mean? So it, it's something, and obviously, um a lot of people think right well, i've got to act i want to act but right. some people never ever get any work so that mm-hmm. i guess that's when you got to start thinking well maybe the, maybe the acting industry is not for me as, a, as an actor do you know what i mean you, yeah. you know you gotta <coughs> you gotta be i guess you gotta work <laughs> if yeah. you want to be a professional actor you gotta you know you gotta start getting gigs Do you know what i mean and and you know i mean some of my friends in Vancouver, Vancouver's changed a lot. Some of some actors there have gone back into doing background work. You know, really? Because, because being an actor is so tough. Act. Right, but they yeah. love they love the industry right. and they can make a quite a good living doing background. You know? Yep. So anyway, going back to other advice. Um, I would I would suggest young actors um, get your friends together. Um, hmm. Put on plays, you know. Read scenes. Be be active in doing stuff with, with actors, or, or go to an actor center where they they put courses on. Uh, you know, always continue to to learn. Continue to to exercise your your chops. Hmm. Yeah. Um, watch watch plays, watch movies, watch TV series. You know, try and watch the good ones, you know, obviously. I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of content out there. It's not all good. Some of it's entertaining, but it's not all great. But um, try and do something on a daily basis that's connected with acting, Mm -hmm. whether that's emailing casting directors or producers, or whether that's, uh, you know, reading a play, learning a monologue, uh, practicing with a, a, a buddy, um, doing scenes in front of a camera. Mm.
0: There's
1: so many things you can, uh, you know, you can do. Writing, you know, learning lines. If you have problems, learning lines, you know, uh, sort of learn monologues or learn scenes, you know, and, and go over them with the, with your friends. You yeah, know? and also yeah. something that actors have to become good at now is self taping.
0: Yeah, so yeah,
1: it's important that. You know so I know some actors don't have a lot of money so but you know you can you you can use a, an iPhone iPhones are good yeah but you need to get yourself a tripod at least a couple lights and a back screen which is either blue or sort of off off-white you know a, a beige color yep. Um and you've just got to practice setting setting up setting up you know this equipment and making yourself look clear. you know doesn't matter if you got one or two shadows in the background but make sure your face is clear make sure your dialogue is clear you know the microphone's working well mm-hmm. um, and you know i mean there are there are uh, um, online self uh, self tape help uh on you know on um, youtube and stuff watch some of them because yeah. you know there's some actors that are that do that put self tapes in and they, they put the person they're talking to over here what can you see of me if i'm looking over here talking to somebody you can't see can you right. so you make you know you make sure that uh, you know you put the person just just off just off camera you know so you know you' you're looking just off camera to that person and there's there's more than one person in the scene you know you you cross over and you look, you look at that person right. it's just very it's very sort of 101 one, elementary you know
0: yeah but um you know, that's like a young, like I I get young filmmakers asking me different questions all the time. And I think sometimes some of the things that we take for granted as like Mm. these things we just do, because you've been in the industry so long, these young filmmakers don't, they don't know, they think it's Oh, it's an option. No, not really. Like some of the stuff is not necessarily an option. It, mm-hmm. Or it's an option if you really aren't serious about your craft. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah. have, but you know but what? also
1: when you're you know if, if you're learning a something a script uh, for a self tape or you know a mm-hmm. scene or something, sometimes it is good to go out on a limb and make a decision mm-hmm. to. So that yours isn't exactly the same as A, B, C, D, E, F, G
0: before you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about no. that. Like, is there, like, do you, you know, how often do you take a creative risk when trying to, like, you know, audition for something to try to set yourself apart from the other people that might also be reading?
1: I try and do it quite often, unless you get a specific instruction from, you know, from the casting director or the director, because, you know, I I have an instructions where they basically just want you to be still, be serious, not have a personality. You know, I'm a member of the, you know, um, the U S government, you know, and, uh, maybe, or no, the UN council. And, uh, you know, I don't have a personality. I've just got to give my information over like this. I can't really move my eyebrow, you know. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I hate I hate those type self takes where they say, right, don't do anything. You know, just be, it just makes you feel.
0: Right, right. You, it,
1: you know, I mean, yeah, there's people out there. If, if you watch, I mean, I like watching people on CNN. You know, I watch a lot of the interviews and stuff. And there are people out there that that don't move much their lips hardly move and they they you know their face they're they're sort of uh, it's like they got botox all over their face you know <laughs> but there are people, again, that's, there's people like that out there yeah. and they're good at it because that's them when you have a, a reanimated really face like mine it's not it's not easy just to sort of not smile or i you know i have a lot of little, little wrinkles from being a sort of a smiley
0: Guy, <laughs> not not to have like that expression in your face, you know. It's like, yeah. especially if the like, if the lines you are reading, if you perceive it to have some kind of effect on something or someone, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's hard for you not to emote that, you know, because that's as a human being, yeah. we're you know, generally speaking, most people have some kind of reaction. So it's uh yeah, yeah, it, it can be hard.
1: Yeah, no, it can. Yeah, I mean, some of my police background uh, comes in handy for that. Because I, I, I've taken an interrogation course in the, in the police, and obviously I've interviewed a lot of people, you know, so it's uh, it's interesting to know some of the things that you look out for, you know, with <laughs> people that are lying in that, you know. And
0: mm. Well, what I was going to ask you, too, and it just occurred, because this occurred to me when we were, I was looking at your bio, is that you have the acting and, and um, you have the background from the, the the police, and you have the athletic abilities. Uh, are you doing your own stunts as well? I mean, are you, are, is this something that you do? Or I
1: have done some of my own stunts, yeah. But I I haven't my the characters I've played haven't done stunts like you know Tom Cruise does, taking right. motorcycles off cliffs, or or even. <laughs> I fall. You know, none of my characters have done any of that. But yeah, I've been squibbed up. I've been shot numerous times. Sure. I've had my throat sliced, you know, I've fallen over backwards, you know, I've been in fight scenes and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like to do um, I like to do my own stunts, you know, if they're um if they're not too dangerous. You know.
0: Cuz I I feel like uh, if I were a director and I saw your resume, I'd be like Oh, this guy, I got to, he's got to be, I got to have him in something, use that athletic ability of his, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, 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 no, for sure, for sure.
0: So yeah. what's what's next for you? What are you, what are you working on now uh, that, that we can know about? Because I know sometimes actors are working on things and they got to know.
1: Well, apart from Anthea, which I'm sort of constantly working on trying to raise the money, uh, acting wise i'm um, i'm self-taping for stuff mm. um you know just auditioned for a pantomime <laughs> mm. which I, i've never done since i was a little kid so that oh, might wow. be interesting. you end up getting that you know yeah so it's just a matter now you know i self-tape probably one to two times a week okay. so uh you know sometimes wow. more yeah so and I, i've been i've been very close to a few a handful of things over mm. the last uh, couple of months, you know, because you start auditioning toward the end of, of the get, you know, of uh, uh, of a show, if you're doing a show.
0: Right.
1: So uh, I've been very close. So it's just a matter of continuing to uh, produce the stuff you're producing, you know, uh, on tape uh, with every self tape. And Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, but it's nice I, to be spending more time at home with the family now, because when you're doing the show, you're away every evening. So, oh yeah.
0: Have your, have your, have your kids seen your work and what do they think of it so far? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my wife's, my wife's seen it about 10 times.
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> and my son, you think one of my sons has seen it about three times. Hmm. So, yeah. And he, so, they, he wanna, so they know what
0: you do basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And my wife's in the music industry as well. So uh, she oh, does that's backing, cool. backing vocals and sessions and stuff. And, um, She's, uh, she's Ed Sheeran's uh, executive assistant.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing.
1: So, we, you know, we have a real creative creative family here.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So um, so do you anticipate your kids getting into the business? Or one of my
1: sons, um, one of my, mm.
0: oh, one second. <laughs>
1: that was one of my, uh, I, I have twin boys. And oh, wow. uh, my mom. Um, one of my sons is autistic. So he Mm -hmm. he was he was just uh, running around there. (laughs) And then his brother, he's uh, mainstream, and he um, he does a bit of acting and stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. just
0: a second. Sorry.
1: No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Yes, Tyler. He he's with my agent, in fact, and he self tapes for different things.
0: And, That's uh,
1: awesome. You know, yeah. But so we don't. You know, we don't. Uh, we don't push our children uh, into doing that. You know, I have I have daughters from a different. Uh, you know, a, a different marriage in Canada, hmm. and one of them, um, my younger one, she works uh, in out of Calgary, hmm. and she. She's done a bit of acting, um, hmm. but now she's working behind the camera, you know, oh. assistant directing, stuff like that. And she's uh, she's worked on several uh, uh, TV series and feature films in Canada. You oh, know, wow, Canada. that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Who knows? Maybe at one point, one day, she'll direct you. You never know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you just don't know. <laughs>
0: you just don't know. just don't know. Yeah. I, I am, you know, your career, like I said, is so it's amazing. Like you've done so much stuff. Is there anything that you haven't done yet that you would love to try um, at some point?
1: Well, I'd—I've played. I love Shakespeare as well,
0: mm. and oh, I your voice a lot in of Shakespeare would be amazing.
1: Yeah. I did a lot of Shakespeare when when I was in Canada. Mm. Um, I haven't done a lot um, since I've been in the UK. Although in lockdown, I did. Uh, I did um, read four shows of, um, you know, out of a Shakespeare co- um, company online. Um, the show must go online, it was called. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was able to use my chops, Shakespeare chops, and do that. But I've played Othello before when I was mm-hmm. younger. And I wouldn't mind playing Othello at my age now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also like to be, you know, one of the main regulars in a TV series. You know, yeah, that runs for you know two, three, four years. Yeah, something, yeah. You know, a gritty drama or something, or a you know maybe a hospital thing or a police thing or you know something, something interesting. You know, a procedural you know,
0: was, or some sort. Like
1: yeah, that. yeah. You know, I mean, all these. I mean, I guess you have you seen Succession?
0: Things like that? <laughs> oh my, so. So Jennifer asked me the same thing yesterday. She's like, have you seen Secession? I I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm sorry. It's been all my, I, so many. I just have, there's so much stuff to watch.
1: You've got to see it.
0: I know. You've got to see it. It's really, I know. Yeah. I know. It, it is on my list of, well, like when Game of Thrones came on, um, it took me, I think, they were into their fourth season by the time i first started watching game of thrones people kept saying you're not watching game of thrones i'm like no, yeah. no you know so i guess i'll eventually what i'll do is like i did with game of thrones i i spent like a weekend or so and just watched everything all at once It was yeah. you know but yeah i i heard nothing but good stuff about a succession and obviously there They've been nominated for a ton of awards for this, the Emmy. So yeah,
1: no, exactly. And then if you want something light, you know, stuff like Ted Lasso.
0: Oh, I love Ted Lasso. Yeah, it's yeah, so Fantastic. amazing. Yeah, you know? the writing on that show is just ridiculously good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that. Was, how about comedy? Have you done comedy yet? Uh, I well stand up, no,
1: <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not like that. Wow, that would scare the bejesus out of me. Um, but yeah, I've done, yeah, I have, in fact, I did a I did a movie called uh, The Perfect Escape, The Perfect mm. Escape in Romania in lockdown mm. in 2021 at the beginning of the year. And that w- that's come out in Romania, mm. but it hasn't been released in the rest of the world yet. But that was a comedy and there was, you know, there was a lot of sort of comedic stuff there. But for me, I guess, comedy-wise... I would be more of a straight guy that says this, yeah, yeah, unless I go way out and do something really like, like I was a, um, a yoga instructor in, in a scene in this. I was dressed in this yoga, you know, <laughs> like, not, uh, what was it called? You know, the Borat, not quite as bad as Borat. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, but it, oh, you know yeah. quite, a, quite a tight, uh, you know, yoga outfit. So yeah. i have to be very extreme or I'd be the the straight man that comes out with the the dry humor, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of um I mean, Don Cheadle's kind of made a, a career of kind of like doing being that guy who's like when he's when he's funny, he's kind of doing it with this straight face.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. Or, or or to your point, the complete other opposite end of the spectrum, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could see, I could see you definitely being the straight man in like a like a comedy series, like a comedy, like a an, an office type experience. So yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah.
1: no, for sure, for sure, yeah. That's um,
0: great. well, I also I,
1: love traveling, traveling and working. You know, I've uh, yeah. traveled down, you know, Romania. I was in Riviera. Did you see the TV series Riviera?
0: No, I haven't. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, um, watch that. It's it's set in South France. I play a a private investigator out in New York.
0: What was your favorite character to play? Like out of, I mean, you've done a lot, so I know it's probably a hard question to answer, but like, what was one that you thought was the most fun for you to kind of-
1: Well, going back many years, uh, that Stargate one was interesting as a young actor. uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And more recently, more recently, this uh, the part I played of Joel in the Perfect Escape in Romania. Mm-hmm. That was that was quite good. Um, I guess I, uh, you know, I guess I'm pretty good at playing these uh, CIA, FBI guys. You know, I was in Deep State playing John Lynn.
0: Oh yeah, the CIA
1: handler. You know, um, you know they're they're pretty straightforward to play. You know, but uh,
0: I um, I could. Uh, so I was doing some research on the uh, character that you played in Stargate. Yeah. And apparently. Cora. Cora, yes. Apparently you, like, you, your character's never been seen again on camera, but they've made references to it many times. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like, well, what I feel like should happen is they should reboot the series and bring him back as, like, like, like where do you go, and then you you kind of come back as, as you've been leading this underground rebellion like since that point in time. Yeah, <laughs> it would be it would be great, like great. Yeah, it would it would it would. And your character is like I would look online. Your character was really popular amongst the Stargate fans. I know, years. I know, I know. Yeah,
1: some like a lot of my old friends from Vancouver. You know, we've all been in Stargate and stuff like that. Hmm. And um, and Andromeda. Andromeda was another great one. Yeah. Yeah, and you know some of the characters do come back and do multiple episode episodes. You know, and some some don't. You know, but uh, yeah. Yeah. it's just the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it? But uh, yeah, but you know, all all the, and the other information, a piece of information for younger actors, is mm. that your journey is your journey. Mm. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Yeah, because every every journey, everybody's journey is different. Yep. If you keep uh, comparing yourself to your friend's journey over there, or your friend's journey, or you're if you're if you're in a relationship with another actor or actress, and their journey is different, or they're doing they're doing really good, and you're getting really angst and stuff, you know, yeah, your journey is your personal journey. Things happen at different uh, parts of that journey for for different people,
0: yep. you know. So yeah, it's important that's important to keep in mind. Yeah. I think I think that's the, like a very important thing to keep in mind because that's in life easy. in general. I think sometimes. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Because it's it's very easy to like um, kind of get down. Like you know, the industry is so hard to kind of make go forward sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and you know sometimes like you have to just be a little patient because sometimes like it's not like a regular job where you do you do the work people give you awards and you move forward kind of a thing. Yeah. Usually a lot of times it's you do the work and then you do some more work and you do some more work yeah. and you just have to be satisfied that what you did in each of those things were good and just let it yeah. let it just live off of that. So
1: that's it that's it. And I tell you what, you know, doing all this this other security work I do as well, and I've done over for, for over, over the years, mm-hmm. it's kept me sane. It's kept me grounded. It's kept me sane. And you get to meet all these different people that have, you know, maybe more normal lives to, to what you have. Right. You know, as long as you, you know that your, um, you know, your central focus is the acting, you can go off and do other stuff. Don't be frightened to go off and do other other stuff and come back. I think some people, some young actors are frightened to go over here because, Oh, you know, it's going to take me away from acting. You know, as long as your your central focus is acting, but you go and do all this other stuff around it. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. You'll learn wherever you are in life. And whatever you do, you're going to learn from it.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's a great piece of advice there. And, um, I'm so glad you got to come on the show today. This was, I, I, I feel like I've learned a, a great deal. And you, you know, I really hope that somebody will put you on a show as a regular man. Cause I like, I, I think you, you, you always bring, you're, you know, me and I, I have another podcast where I do it on a friend. And we talk, we have this thing we talk about where it's, um, they're like these, um, impact characters or impact actors that they may not be like what you they're not the the main character but when Mm. they're on screen Mm. you know that something good is about to occur and that to me is very vital I think every piece of content whether it's a film or theater or whatever always needs that person to kind of carry it because otherwise like there's it just makes people feel good about what they're about to see
1: exactly yeah i and agree I think you're right there
0: with that oh
1: thank you thank you yeah yeah it's um, been a pleasure it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you so
0: thank you so much and if anybody wants to follow mark on instagram you can check him out at real mark holden and re- I- you know what? I I'm glad you have your name as that because I put my name as D. Darren Jenkins, and people are like, "Why?" I'm like, the, "Is there more than one?" I said, "No," but I, I should be the one they're focused on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so
1: yeah, for sure. And there are other Darren Jenkins out there. There are other Mark Holdens out there. You
0: know, I actually uh, one of my friends who is a producer. Who's his name is Mark Holden. So when when you uh when you uh submitted the uh request for the, the the thing on the podcast and it came through to my phone i'm like why is mark looking to get on my pod what is going on here and then i had to go and look i am like oh there's a different mark holder okay yeah. <laughs> this is the real mark holder yeah thank <laughs> well thanks so much mark i really appreciate it and you're what like when you can come back anytime you like it i would love to have you back whenever you're doing stuff especially when your next projects come or are ready to be go okay. happy to help promote it you know yeah
1: that's, that's great to keep in mind thank you for
0: that yeah absolutely and uh until then everyone i am darren jenkins and this was another episode of Drop mike we will be back again soon um be sure to follow me the darren jenkins on instagram And until then, stay safe. Uh, It's hot outside, so stay hydrated and stay positive. Talk to you all. Bye-bye.